Dear human, dear soul, I welcome you to my podcast series Conversations with the Universe. Since a near-death experience, I have the gift to communicate with the subtle energies of the cosmos. This happens in a form of deep meditation in which I ask certain entities of the world beyond to communicate with me. As one of the first contacts with the other world, my old friend and teacher, friend of the Indians, showed himself to me. And it is now a great pleasure for me to introduce you to these conversations as a supplement to the books. Please excuse me if the terms and our articulations are not perfect. Our mother tongue is German, but we try to translate it to the best of our ability. Thank you for understanding. Today we will talk about the subject of life. My dear friend, please begin and tell us what you would like to teach us on the subject of life. Life is the form that the cosmos developed in order to gain those experiences that are impossible outside of a body. The purpose of this form is the experience of knowledge. I do understand this. But life is often full of hard times. It brings suffering or consists of suffering. It is not always fun to be alive, be it as a human being or as an animal. You experience powerlessness, you experience pain. What is the meaning behind all of this? That is a beautiful question, Sylvia. If I may describe to you how much meaning there is in suffering, then the people will understand that their journey has not ended yet and everything, everything can be changed and become charged with love. Then please tell me, why is there pain and suffering on earth in the bodies? The suffering during life is the embodiment in the truest sense of the word, of your flawed and disconnected choices. You will find misery wherever the connection that you have to the cosmos does not take full effect. You might say that the degree of suffering is the benchmark for your connection. People who suffer a great deal are far away from the true abundance that they could experience in their soul. It is their separation, the development of the ego, that creates those feelings. Dear friend of the Indians, we have to make some distinctions. For there is also physical suffering, actually physical suffering. I also meant that. They are one. Spiritual suffering is just as powerful as physical suffering. Each of them has sprung from the separation that you carry inside of you. Please tell me what will happen to people who end their own life. That is a very complex subject. Each life has been induced by the cosmos. And if you break this cosmic law of your own volition, you have no way of knowing what will await you. Leaving this life by no means ends your suffering. If you are sick on a spiritual level, you will continue to carry the energy of this sickness inside you. 
and since the soul continues to exist exclusively through the memory of its incarnations, these memories will continue to be part of it, only this time without a body. Those people who transitioned in a state of love will not suffer any pain, as they are longly connected to the cosmos. They will experience a liberation of their energy as they leave the constriction of their body. This is a relatively complex subject, and I do not wish to expand on it too much at this time. Love is the key, no matter what you do. Please take this as my answer to this question. Okay, I understand. So you mean to say that life has been cosmically induced? Can you expand on this a little bit? Life is the highest form of cosmic experience. It presents you with the instruments of the body and teaches you to use them as you interact with the resonances of the other beings that surround you, the other human beings. Doing this, you can develop the souls, but at the same time you can also develop only the ego. The choice, ultimately, is yours. Yet life is the most precious gift that the cosmos can give you because with it you are given the best possible opportunity for your soul to grow. Growth just cannot happen as well without a body as with a body. And the extreme circumstance this entails. The environment, the family, your freedom that you can abuse. Love for your fellow humans that can disappear. The experience of unfolding inside a body is like a flower that grows, but in a form. The energy will reach a level that then allows you to assist in forming your own body. The teachings of mankind, the many interdictions that you need to break, living a lie, experiencing powerlessness together, breaking this powerlessness, all this and more. A palette of countless possibilities that is impossible to describe and ultimately only serves to help you to unfold. Pain indicates a correction of the path you have hitherto been walking. Freedom means the enfolding of the soul. All these components are like parameters, very helpful when you start your journey. But if you live your life with little energy and love, then you give away all these chances and possibilities. Hmm, this begs the question as to what happens to the people who kill. I know that we have talked about this before, but what I mean is what happens to them when they murder animals. We did indeed talk about this before, but I'm happy to talk about it again. People who kill violate the cosmic law that only the cosmos itself is allowed to begin or end a life. Therefore, they collect a lot of negativity through their wrong choices, 
and they will have to balance this out another time. Ultimately, these people only want to live, but to maintain one life through the killing of another is not a solution. I don't know whether I asked you about war. In that case, the preservation of, one, of one's own life may mean the ending of another's life. What would you say is the solution here? These are their circumstances, dear one. Killing out of distress is something else than killing human beings or animals out of choice. The one has nothing to do with the other. The human being who is in distress and in danger of losing his life in these circumstances does have the permission of the cosmos to protect his own life. This brings me to the subject of protection. What if a person says that he kills only to protect himself? Maybe to protect himself from himself, whatever. Well, in order to protect himself. Isn't he real? Isn't he really mentally ill when he does so without permission? You say it. The decisive impulse is not the free choice of who may kill whom and when. The decisive impulse is a situation of distress that leaves us no other option. That is the difference. Yes, I understand. Does killing another human being or animal create a connection between the killer and the victim? This is a very complex subject. When a human being kills another human being, this act will create an imbalance in his soul. This imbalance must be corrected somehow, often through loving and life-supporting actions in other lifetimes. But sometimes this happens through events that involve the same souls in other lifetimes, an old connection that was dissolved at that point. I cannot give you an all-inclusive answer to this, but it is important for you to know that if you cause life-threatening distress to another being, you create a connection between yourselves and the victims that will remain longer after the event. So, instead of separating yourself from this human or this animal by murdering it, you intensify the connection between you two. So this means it is only a separation on the physical level, but an intensification on the, of the connection on the spiritual level? You put this very well. Wow. To sum up, in a situation of distress, it is not free will that may ameliorate the life of another being, but the need to protect yourself from danger. And to kill, just like that, is the epitome of spiritual illness that will ultimately have dire consequences for the soul and its further development. That is correct. Dear friend of the Indians, would you like to add anything else on the subject of life? The life-supporting impulses that grow from love are impulses of the soul. Everything that you carry inside of you that can feel love ultimately supports life. For love is to the soul what water is to the flowers. You have said this beautifully. 
Speaking of life and about the cosmic deciding when a life begins, at this time we have a situation on our planet that there are more people here than ever before. Is there a specific reason for the cosmos to allow so many people to live on this planet now or is this a completely natural development? It is a natural development that corresponds with the expansion of the soul. When the people make many life-supporting choices out of free will, then many lives will begin. When therefore more people make these choices than before, then there will be more lives than before. But where do all these souls come from? Did they all come from the first world, the intermediate world, where they were waiting to incarnate? Or to put this in another subject or another way, Where were these souls when they weren't so many bodies, when there weren't so many bodies on earth? That is a very complex question, Sylvia. I do not know whether we should answer this here. The only important thing here is that all these interconnected lives constitute an energy that has the permission of the cosmos. Where these lives come from And why there is this number in your time is a different subject. And if you ask me, it is relatively unimportant. Okay, perhaps I may come back to this some other time, but it seemed a logical question to ask. I have once met somebody who told me that there are so many people on earth at this time because this is such a special time in which the people experience special tools and a special acceleration and so on. <laughs> This person was simultaneously right and wrong. It is not about the instruments being what they are. It is the resonance of free will that brought about this life. No more, no less. Therefore, on the one hand, it is true that these many souls want to make use of this opportunity. But on the other hand, It is incorrect to say that this was the soul's decision. It was the free choice of humankind to create these many bodies. Nothing more. Hmm. Would you like to add something else to the subject of life? No. Did we cover all? We captured the most important things. Love is the key. Joy is the path. Laughter is the instrument. These are all goals of a soul. And what would be our next subject? The journey of the soul. Okay, then we will speak about the journey of the soul. I'm sure that will be a complex subject, but let's see. Thank you, love. Thank you, Sylvia. Love. Love.